Brodo brothers, Brodo sisters, do we have the ultimate prize for you. Right now, fantasy season has begun. Rookie drafts for, uh, for franchises are happening for Dynasty Leagues. Redraft. The teams are finally starting to come together. And this year could be your year. The year that you take home the coveted fantasy championship. And the best way to do that is to download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app now everywhere you get your apps. Not only do we have player profiles and statistics that not only are they every statistic you need from every other website out there, but exclusive Brodo statistics like true target value, true throw value, and rushing yards over expected. Our newest and most elaborate so far feature player comps where not only do we give you one player comp we give you five player comps and the percentage that they will be that person that we're talking about in the player comps and then you could also get so many more things there's a social media aspect there are player specs there are there is a cool draft tool that you can use rankings news coaching contracts articles podcasts everything you need all in one place and now a rookie draft guide we have teamed up with the good people over at the undroppables and we are offering the rookie draft guide from the undroppables on the app so there is really no reason not to have the app now do it man do it the brodo fantasy football podcast and app begin now welcome back to the brodo fantasy football podcast presented by brodofantasy.com i'm your host tim patrop with my brothers the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness michael and jason patrop yeah man it is the brodo fantasy football podcast i'm your host tim patrop as always here with my brother michael the man the myth the legend. I, I tried to make it like real. The legend. I, real. I just wanted to make it, you know, real. Uh, what damn? Oh man, why am I blanking on this? Alliterative. The man, the myth, the legend, Michael. So you know, we're just gonna make act, act sure. like legend means legend. Let's sure, go. Gotta love alliteration. What's up, man? Um, Tim was talking about the player comp, new addition to the app. One, it's tremendous. Two, it's tremendous. Three, I just put out an article um, that dives into the top ten position players that were drafted based on the, um, the based on the player comps. And honestly, it's one of my favorite articles that I've written. I think it's very cool, very fun, very unique. Uh, you literally cannot find it anywhere else because it's a Brodo production, exclusive, um, baby. Yeah, so you literally can't find it anywhere else. Um, so. Go ahead and check that out on the site. Uh, leave a comment if you agree or disagree. Share it if you like it. I think it's a very cool article, and it goes right there alongside the player comp app. If you want, if you're like thinking about how could I use this to my advantage, other than just looking at it, um, that's a good example of it. Um, looking deeper into the players and what type of production you got out of them, the size, the uh when they were drafted, things of that sort. It's, so it's, it was a lot of fun. But yeah, go check that out if you haven't let yet. On the app, of course, or uh, simply on the Brodo Fantasy site, which I know we've been promoting the app a lot, but the site is also stupendous. So uh, Yeah, I mean, and if you want an extra episode that goes over exactly in detail how to use these player comps, uh, patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy is where you can support the show. Thank you so much to the patrons that already exist. Um, and support the show right now. You guys make all this possible. You guys make the app possible. And uh, we thank you. So with that being said, the promotions are over. Today we have a very special guest. Um, we know him for a long time as AWL Sabermetrics. Um, part of the Undroppables team. Goes by the name of Dan. Like like Prince. I think it's just one name. We're going to have to ask him about it. Like Just Dan. Um, but cool dude. Um really great guy like one of the one of the good guys out here so we're, we're wonderful we're, we're really looking forward to talking to him on the real reckon record well, i can't speak today the real recognize real segment of the show where he's going to be calling in and talking about that rookie draft guide and how to approach your rookie drafts if you are playing dynasty um but there is some news that i want to go over first before we get into this michael what do you say 
Michael. Always Tim. Oh, uh, Michael, you, you definitely forgot. Your I did the classic. Again. I did the classic mute and forget to unmute thing. Yeah. This is how you tell this guy doesn't. Like, Yo, wow! I'm using Jason's laptop, and I forgot. That's crazy. Jason's always the one who forgets. I feel like I I inherited it this episode <laughs> without him because I'm using his laptop. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, the first story we're going to talk about is Blake Bortles. Why are we talking about Blake Bortles? Because he signed a one-year contract with dun, 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 the Green Bay Packers, which means the Green Bay Packers now have not only Aaron Rodgers, but Jordan Love and Blake Bortles on the squad. Look, I'm not reading too much into this, but usually if you're looking at trends, when a running back is going to miss the the uh, miss the game in the upcoming week during the season, if if a running back is questionable and you don't know if they're going to play, usually if a team signs a running back off their practice squad, even if that running back's not going to play, even if he's the third string running back, that is a really really ominous sign that your running back is not going to play um, if he's questionable. So just putting this out there. Could this have the same ominous vibes? You know, Aaron Rodgers might have to discount, double-check his status on the team. You know what I'm saying? Real talk, though, (laughs) this might be worse for Jordan Love than it is Aaron Rodgers. Like, this shit is just straight-up disrespectful to Jordan Love at this point. Clearly, they don't think he's ready to take over if something does happen with Aaron Rodgers where he retires or gets traded because bringing on Blake Bortles is like, just a punch in the nuts to him because it's not like they absolutely need a QB now. So it's like, oh, we should secure Blake Bortles before another team does, which is uh, questionable and uh, something to think about because it is a little ominous to be signing Blake Bortles at this time of year right after the draft, just kind of in the middle of the is Aaron Rodgers returning saga. Um. It's so strange, bro. It's so strange, this whole thing, because... I mean, Michael, I'm going to say this every time. I'm going to say this every time. Now that you're seeing how this is all going, can you now admit that Aaron Rodgers has the temperament of a man that if a quarterback, his successor, was drafted in the first round, that would motivate him to be the MVP? Just say it, bro, and I'll drop it. Tim, I've said multiple times that maybe it made him more motivated, but it it did not make him a better quarterback. Oh, my God. What kind of fucking? opened up again. Uh, What is that? They let him be Aaron Rodgers again, bro, after years of being a little bitch with that offense. They let him be or he he was wanted to be? Either way, I already said... You get the W for Aaron Rodgers, man. So, like, what do you want me to do? I want you to admit it's because... I want you to admit that it's because... Well, you fucking put me on blast with Mr. Misky in the group chat today. What the fuck was that about, man? (laughs) I opened up the group chat. I'm talking about how... All right, so the next thing I was going to talk about was the NFL schedule. So let's get into the NFL schedule. Cowboys at Buccaneers kicks off the season. I I think that that's a really good scheduling piece um, by the NFL. I think... uh, the defending champion versus America's team, uh, obvious, obvious like draw there, obvious appeal. Um, so especially in a game that should be like a offensive type shootout. Yeah, and so yeah, especially in the beginning of the season. Um, interesting to see. Interested to see what's going on with Dak Prescott this year. Uh, he finally got his money. Finally got paid, and he's coming off an injury. It's it's it's, it's strange, you know. It's like the Cowboys. Kept saying, like, we're going to keep franchising him. We're going to keep franchising him. Just, like, we're going to keep playing this limbo with him because they were afraid of an injury. And then they he got injured and uh, they signed him. I, I mean, make that make sense. I don't I don't really understand it. Um, but, yeah, also in, the, in week one is uh, Sam Darnold playing against his, own t- his old team. That's pretty funny. I'm not going to lie. So, uh, Michael, I said that Sam's going to give us the work. And then Michael's like, oh, well, you can't tell what quarterbacks are going to give anyone the work because you said you were wrong about Mr. Bisky one time in your life. It's just like you're so sure that Sam Darnold's going to be this thing, and I don't really think he will be, but only time will tell. But, look, 
I will absolutely not be rooting for Sam Darnold week one. I hope he gets sacked 94 times and throws eight <laughs> interceptions. One thing, you know, his, the, the starting left tackle right now for the the Panthers, I think his, name, his last name is Light. Um, Sounds Light. He allowed a quarterback pressure on 10% of snaps last year. Do you know how bad that is? 10%? One out of every 10 dropbacks. You gave you up a better pressure. get that right. You just like hesitated before you said ten. I was like, if Tim doesn't get one out of ten with ten percent, I did not hesitate. You went one out of ten. No, I did thing. not. No, I did not. Y'all run the tape back. Listen to the tape. Listen to the tape. Speaking of hesitating, Juju Smith Schuster said he'll pay, play more outside receiver in twenty twenty one. It's an interesting thing because he said it. The coaching staff didn't say it, um, and I don't know if he's right. Because you have Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, who these guys are outside receivers. They're not slot receivers. Uh, so, I mean, where is he going to play? I, I'm not sure, really, During when they all line up together. Um, you have James Washington, who's also, an, I think, an underrated outside receiver. I mean, the dude was uh, money on long passes last year uh, from a bad long pass quarterback. But with that being said, like, uh, I don't know. Whatever, Ju. Whatever, Juju. Honestly, Look, I don't know. I think if you're in Pittsburgh and you don't like Juju Smith-Schuster, you're probably that old guy who like yells at kids on their lawn um, just because he does some TikToks or something. We're talking about a guy who had literally an all-time great first two years in the league based on his age and the production that he uh, put forth for the Steelers. And over the last two seasons with the Big Ben injury and then the ghost of Big Ben at quarterback, it hasn't been the same. But even with the dip in production over the last two seasons with the worst quarterback play, this dude goes back to Pittsburgh when he could have gone to another team because he wanted to stay in Pittsburgh, which I think really is going to hurt him in the long term um, because it's going to be hard to have a tremendous season and get paid big bucks with that offense. Uh, Now at Najee Harris, Big Ben, another year older, coming off a pretty trash year. And like you said, Johnson and another uh, sophomore Claypool, so this dude is legitimately like sacrificing himself to stay in Pittsburgh, which I think is a terrible business decision. So if you don't like him and you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, you I think you need to reconsider. I think this is an interesting piece of news. Uh, Field Yates reported that the Dolphins were next in line to claim Carryon Johnson before the Eagles got him off waivers. Interesting because you know a lot of people had the Dolphins kind of penciled in for a running back. Um, they don't have a clear starter. Miles Gaskin was that guy last year. He earned the job last year. He was successful when he did it, but not a lot of people take a guy who was drafted in the seventh round seriously. Uh, they have Salvin Ahmed, and they have a bunch of other guys. It's interesting that they would want Carryon Johnson on the roster. I feel like people think that Carryon Johnson's not done from the amount of claims that he had on him. With that being said, does this worry you about Miles Gaskin and where the Dolphins could be heading? Not really. I mean, I think it's clearly Miles Gaskin's backfield at this point. Um, so now they got Jalen Waddle coming in, but they didn't really address the running back position with any sort of urgency at all. So I'm not really scared of Miles Gaskin. His stock is right where you want it if you took the chance and either traded for him or held on to him um, because he made it through nearly unscathed in free agency and the rookie draft. Before we get Dan on the line, one more piece of news that I wanted to touch on. I mean, the schedule's out. Um, you know, we don't really put a lot of stock into the schedule because teams change year on year over year. And I think this year especially, there's going to be a lot of change in the NFL. When I was doing my like my like just preliminary look at the divisions, this is going to sound crazy, but I think that this year in particular could be like the first year where no teams that won the division last year win their division again back to back Um, i mean the nfl is notoriously really hard to maintain excellence and there is a lot of flip-flopping at the top most years so that would be fun especially now with the uh 17 game season maybe that uh mixes it up a bit too yeah so interesting stuff um but one more thing the running back whisperer in with the san francisco 49ers says that trey sermon uh, could be a good fit. Um, I'm not sure about Trey Sermon personally. Um, I think Raheem Mostert is criminally underrated his whole career, so we're gonna, that continues. Um, but I don't know. How do you feel about Trey Sermon? 
the rookie who people are up and down on. We're going to definitely ask Dan about Trey Sermon as well. I liked Trey Sermon. Um, he was one of the guys I, prior to the NFL draft, was keeping an eye on for his landing spot because I think he's a pretty solid running back. Uh, he, I think he will have at least a a for early down roll at whatever team he ended up at, and now he goes to the 49ers. Obviously, they they just churn running backs like most are Jeff Wilson, Tevin Coleman, and all that, and now, now they draft Trey Sermon, and I do think it's significant. I know people are saying, you know, they have Raheem Mostert, Jeffrey Wilson. We've seen over and over that Shanahan will give Jeffrey Wilson the work when he needs to, and he's pretty successful when he gets it, but he doesn't necessarily want to. Like, Jeffrey Wilson isn't someone who's been the starting running back for the 49ers at any point. He's been the guy getting the work when the players ahead of him are hurt. He even uh, lost out to touches for with, like, Michael Hasty and such last season. And I don't think it's like this. Some people are just expecting Jeffrey Wilson to be the starting running back. I, I don't know, man. Like, they draft a running back. They still have Raheem Mostert, who all of last season, whenever he did play he was operating as a starter and so i think anyone who says they have a clear read on that backfield at this point is lying to you um at the very least but i do think trey sermon in that offense that is very kind for running backs does have a shot to have some uh some solid games especially if that backfield does continue to deal with injuries trey sermon could have a a pretty significant impact is rookie season i mean also i mean we we wouldn't we'd be remiss to not mention tim tebow is on is in the nfl again <laughs> tim tebow i fuck the haters yo Facts. this dude is Good for 32 you. years old just played baseball in the minors people don't realize the grind of the minor leagues you get paid shit you fucking you're just on buses all the time and shit and it is nowhere near as glamorous as the MLB. And he was doing that for years, trying to make it. He didn't. What, nine years ago or whatever, he said he wouldn't play any position other than quarterback. So what? That was nine years ago or seven years ago or whatever. Seven years ago, I was 18, and I'm a completely different human these days with completely different thoughts. Like, let the man live. The Eagles, I mean, the Jaguars gave him a gave him um, a contract. They said he is in tremendous shape if he doesn't pan out and they release him so be it maybe he does end up playing a few snaps at tight end for the jaguars this year that would be a great story i think the haters are just being haters because haters like to hate bro so many haters out there number one the 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 one that popped up recently was like what has he done to deserve this he was just given this um, hello, he played for Urban Myers and, and won a national championship with the dude. I know it was a long time ago, but he's he's not just a regular guy. He's the outlier. He's literally a public speaker right now. He's like he gives he gives like motivational speeches to people like, do you not want this guy on your team for what? A third string tight end from fucking West Bumblefuck State? Like yeah. when, and, 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 and go ahead. one more thing. And not only that, like they're like, oh yeah, he's taking the 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 spot from a young guy. So fucking what? So he's taking someone's roster spot. This is the NFL, where contracts are not guaranteed, and we tell super athletes like Todd Gurley they can't play anymore when they're twenty seven. You feel bad for him? You feel bad for anyone else? No, you don't feel bad for them. This is the NFL. Step up or shut up. Yeah, and if you are a young tight end trying to make it and you can't beat out a 33-year-old who has never taken a snap at tight end, oh, too bad. You should play better. <laughs> For real. Like, I, I think anyone hating on Tim Tebow is just being a hater, and that's about it. I think it's a pretty cool story, and let's see if he's actually able to do something with this opportunity, as I expect this opportunity to likely be his last hoorah unless he decides to become a basketball or soccer player when he's 38. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tim Tebow. We could talk about Tim Tebow all day. But we need to get to the real recognized, real hotline. So without any further ado, let's welcome in from the Undroppables, uh, at AWL Sabermetrics on Twitter, 
the one named Prince himself, Dan. <laughs> now coming in on the Real Recognized Real hotline, it turns out he is like Prince. Just one name, Dan. But the name is, is only half of the story. Uh, AWL Sabermetric is how we met online. Um, Dan is the editor and contract analyst, uh, I'm sorry, analyst, excuse me, for the Undroppables. He is the creator of the teacher charity tournament who raised over $1,000 for charity while playing fantasy sports last year. Last year, I was part of that, and I um, I auctioned off my first round pick, and I ended up getting uh, David Montgomery picked for me with the number five overall pick in the first round, which was supposed to be a troll, but ended up working out pretty well for me last year. Um, one of the good guys out here in the fantasy landscape, uh, Dan. What's good, man? What's up, guys? I'm super excited to be here. I feel like, uh, you know, we've been talking for years now, and, uh, you know, it's cool to, I listen to you guys all the time to, you know, now finally be on, uh, be on here with you chatting is, is really exciting. How could I, um, how could I even, like, uh, forget Brodo OG. That's like the number one thing I should have said. Uh, a Brodo supporter from the very beginning. Uh, so thank you very much. Uh, we always appreciate your support. And now uh, you're obviously, you've been in the fantasy game. Um, we've been talking fantasy with you for years. We've expect, we've respected your opinion. We've gone back and forth. We've had our agreements. We've had our disagreements. Um, so the question is for you, uh, what got you into this industry? Um, you're a teacher, like I said, just like me. Uh, so two educators who are also following their passions outside of the, the classroom. Um, what got you into this industry and how'd you get uh, hooked up with the Undroppables? Yeah. So, um, you know, I've been playing fantasy since probably like, let's say freshman year of high school. And, uh, you know, eventually I just kind of got into really obviously liking it a lot. And then getting into Twitter and kind of wanting to find out more information and learn from people. And that's actually how I got, you know, in with you guys, right? We met, I just would pepper you with questions. And then you give us a take, you give me a take and I'd be like, well, I don't know about that. And you'd be like, no, you're wrong. And like, but like, that was the whole thing was like, you know, having those discussions. Cause out of all of my friend groups, I was the most invested in, you know, learning about this and understanding. Um, so, you know, I got in a few years ago and just started battling on Twitter, the, you know, old school fantasy Twitter, you know, hard, you know, hard streets, you know, it was, it was difficult back then, man, you had to make waves. Um, so I just started getting into it with people and I, you know, I connected with you guys, um, with, a with a bunch of other really good, uh, contacts and just kind of grew, grew on there as my own little person, as my own, you know, avatar there. Um, so I just got into it because I wanted to talk fantasy and learn more, you know, game theory from people. So that's that's how I got into it. It was just kind of a random thing that I enjoyed. And the more I got into it, the more it became an obsession. That's just how it rolled. So how did you guys uh, get hooked up with the Undroppables? Because it's, it's a team of a lot of people that I respect from fantasy Twitter. It's, some of them, like, I didn't even know were part of the team. And I just kind of, <laughs> I just I, I just follow them. You know what I mean? And uh, and then I yeah. found out they were part of the team. And I was like, oh, that, that makes sense. Uh, so how'd you guys get hooked up? Yeah, it's big. We're 20 something people at this point. Um, you know, actually a lot of them I knew before the undroppables was really a thing and we were all kind of our solo, uh, accounts. And as they grew, I was, you know, originally with uh two on one, um, FFB is his account, Tommy Mo. So I was originally with him doing some stuff, you know, and eventually, I mean, I had known Chalk or, or Nick for as long as I've been here. And eventually we kind of were joined in with them or annexed into uh, the Undroppables. So it was cool because I knew a lot of them to begin with. And it was one of those things that it finally worked out that we could we could join in with that group. But yeah, it's it's an amazing group where half the time we're all in the DM group together, just like going at each other on fantasy stuff. And uh, that's that's I've learned so much just from that group. You know, outside of even just you know, the normal timeline uh dan um tim was so excited to have you on that he didn't even let me say hello to you so yeah hello. michael hasn't even said a word I, had, I just had to text him like yo take the next question i've been talking this whole time <laughs> yeah so welcome to the show i didn't want to cut either of you off <laughs> yeah um i want to ask you about the twitter handle bro because yeah <laughs> what what does it stand for so it's it's funny actually i had this conversation with a with a buddy earlier today on on twitter um 
so it's i listen to part of my take which apparently no one in the fantasy community listens to i don't know but it's it's the whole handle is a joke because right they call their listeners award-winning listeners so awls and then they used to have an old segment of saber metrics where they would just pull like the old it's like the the classic baseball stats you know like this dude's hitting 700 against lefties at 405 in a you know on a pitcher that throws this so like they would all pull out dumb stats like that so i um i just made my handle that and it's also the whole their whole shtick is no one cares about your fantasy team and like so i think there's just a lot of inside jokes rolled into one that literally one person on twitter i think understands but it makes me laugh and that's what counts it looks legit like <laughs> I, I, before i knew your name was dan i thought your like awl was your initials and you were all about yeah. the sabermetrics like it, no. it, <laughs> not um, a math person at all <laughs> I, i'll tell you one thing that does look legit and is legit is the undroppables uh rookie draft guide and um that is something that you know jason uh came across it on twitter and he was like, yo, look at this. This is this is fire stuff. This is a good content right here. And that's when we started thinking like, hey, maybe we can collaborate with them. Maybe we can get this on our app. Um, if you don't know already, the Broto Fantasy Football, uh, the, I'm sorry, the Fantasy Football by Broto app, the only app uh, for fantasy football out there right now, um, is also has the Undroppables Rookie Draft Guide um, in it where you guys rank the top rookies in every position. You guys go super deep. You even have like sleepers from the sixth, seventh round. Um, yep. <laughs> eventually you really talk about everyone that's possible. Like go, go super deep. Like 50% of these guys are, are not going to be in the NFL next year, but you, oh, yeah. but you go into them uh, just as deep anyway and tell us they're going to suck. Right. And just like <laughs> you tell us the guys who are going to be good. So what, what's the kind of work that goes into this? How did the team uh, put this together and uh, how did it come to fruition? Yeah, man, it's it was a it was a labor. It was it was really tough. So we started, you know, breaking down uh, profiles in regards to who's going to take on who back in like January. Um, so this was a, a multi month thing where, um, you know, we we assigned players to certain people, and and not everyone on the team even was a part of it. It was it was a little bit more, you know, inclusive of the just only a certain group, a small group of people did most of the scouting. And, um, you know, we ended up using a, a little shout out here for a real recognized reel, uh, the FF astronauts, they have their film room of a bunch of rookies. And we use that for a lot of their stuff. And, you know, we have some college, uh, all 22 and things like that. Um, but it was just, it was a lot of months and a lot of time of spending nights just watching tape and watching rep after rep and just seeing like, how does this dude play? And the writing of it and you know i was an editor of it so it was it was a multi-month project uh to get it out it was it was pretty in-depth it was crazy michael i know i know you're gonna ask the next question i'm i'm, I'm gonna let you ask the next question i'm sorry but i just want to sure say you are shout out to to you dan as someone who's also a teacher who spends his nights doing yeah. the research and and you know when not getting you know off the clock when you're supposed to be off the clock that's when you kind of clock in um, as someone who respects that grind, I just got to say, respect, brother. Um, keep on going. Um, and yeah, Michael, I just, I just I had to point that out. I had to say it. I had to put it out there because he mentioned, you know, that's, dude, mad respect. Anyway, Michael, go ahead. Tim's in love, guys. Anyways, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wanted to say, uh, like Tim said, Jason was the first one to uh, check out the draft guide. And the first thing I did was look at their overall rankings, saw Jamar Chase as the first position player. I said, I'm in. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, a lot of people have the Najee Harris and Travis Etienne over him, and I'm not about that. So I like that from the jump. But uh, I wanted to ask you, if you could expand more on your role for this draft guy, like, did you do any of the scouting or were you like the editor? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I took on, I think I had about five or so guys, um, you know, let's see, looking at uh, Jalen Waddle. Uh, unfortunately I had Tamorian Terry who, you know, I wrote <laughs> it. So if you guys, you know, if you look at those profiles, they have the strengths, weaknesses, all that. I did that whole thing for Terry. And then he goes undrafted and he, that whole profile gets scrapped and we send it to the sleepers. Cause so he, he's a UDFA. So who cares? Uh, but yeah, I ended up having like five or so guys. Um, unfortunately, like it made me fall in love with certain people like Jamar Jefferson that just got murdered right by the NFL draft. Um, so I did that. And then uh, the editing was really done 
uh, by myself and then our editor-in-chief, Andrew Mackins. Um, and that was a process of, you know, we have all 50 players. He did the first edit, and then I did the entire second edit. So we we each read all 50 dudes twice, and then we, after the, you know, during and after the draft, we wrote their whole uh, draft analysis of landing spot and, you know, a lot of risers and fallers and mostly fallers uh, from the draft spot. So uh, especially the draft weekend was rough because we had our whole live draft, you know, live stream. And if you weren't doing that, you were kind of like writing post-draft analysis. So um, it was a pretty, pretty crazy week at that point, but it was a lot of back and forth. And the the draft guide itself, like you guys have said, like aesthetically, it's, it's amazing. And that work was done uh, by our two two of our bigger um digital media guys so mark mathic and, and and dukes fantasy dukes uh they put in I, I can't even imagine how much how many hours i don't i can write and do that stuff i can't do any digital design so they did a ton of work on that too so this was many many hours in the making yeah as someone who uh is a former editor at, the, at baruch shout out to baruch college uh college newspaper <laughs> i uh i also had to use indesign which it looks like this is an InDesign type situation. So I, I know it's not the, the easiest thing to do here. So um, beautiful, very aesthetically pleasing, but let's get into the nitty gritty. All right. Yes. Um, you said you graded Jalen Waddle. And for me, Jalen Waddle has been one of the more, um, the, one of the people that I need to really get more involved with and more in touch with in order to make, um, make that connection of where I'm going to rank him this year. Because on the one mm -hmm. hand, what you have is ridiculous speed um ridiculous ability and ridiculous college production on the other hand you do have an injury history and this is the second year in a row that a receiver on alabama who's the speed guy who got outproduced by the number one guy <laughs> got drafted before him so obviously the henry ruggs comparisons are going to be there so you studied him you watched the tape. You grinded the tape. What is your um, what is your Jalen Waddle uh, opinions? So I I came out of you know watching his games from the past two years or so three years, really liking him. Um, I think the biggest thing, obviously, his speed pops. It doesn't take you know you don't have to be an expert to see that. Um, but one of the things that really stood out to me is is just actually the way that he catches. Um, you, you watch his game film and he does a great job of really being aggressive with his hands and going to get the ball and, and securing it and bringing it into his body. And that was something that, you know, I, I can't say for, for every person that I watched, uh, Tamori Ontario was an easy example of he just, he let him hit it in his chest every time before he wrapped it up. Um, so something like just in that, in regards to his speed and the way that he, he attacked the ball, I was, I was a big fan of, um, some of the things that stood out, I guess, in the weakness area was, you know, it's not that he only ran these routes, but it was essentially slants and deep posts. And like, he could just use his speed to run away from everyone, which is just not going to be the same in, in the NFL. Like Sark isn't going to be able to outmaneuver everybody, uh, you know, like he did at Alabama. Um, my, you know, the, the production thing, the injury history thing, you know, I, I think the biggest knock against him is really the fact is the analytics Right. He just never had that breakout year and, and the injuries hurt that a lot. But, you know, he was outpacing Devontae Smith or Devonta Smith before he, he went down. Smith doesn't win the Heisman if Waddle's there all year. Uh, so, you know, it's really it's really tough. My concern with him, I guess, in the NFL is I don't know if he's a, a real number one. You know, everyone wants to try to find the next Tyreek Hill. And I think mm -hmm. that's that's just a, a nonsense goal. Like, don't find the crazy outlier that is an outlier yeah. for a reason. Um, so I think he can be a really impactful NFL player. I think he can be good at fantasy. I'm still nervous. I don't know if I'm going to be getting a lot of his shares because I don't know if he's really that true number one model. I'm, I, uh, I have trouble. I have trouble thinking about having him on my team this year, especially with Devontae Parker and Will Fuller there. I just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not on the Jalen Waddle bandwagon right now. Yeah. Jalen Waddle obviously though went sixth overall, which is huge um, mm -hmm. to the Dolphins. Is that something now with rookie drafts um, either currently going on or approaching for some? Is that deep into consideration for you, or are you willing to draft someone like Devontae Smith or Rashad Bateman or someone of that sort ahead of Jalen Waddle? 
So it's it's tough. I think uh, Wooler's on, uh, w- Wooler. Geez, uh, Fuller's <laughs> on a one. <laughs> he's on a one year deal. So in theory, like it it opens up for for him. You know, for Waddle a little bit. Um, Smith. I, I think I came around to him a, a little bit more right towards the end of the draft. I was really weary of the whole 160 pounds thing. Um, but I, I do think he does play a little bit bigger than that. And, and I think going back and watching him a little bit, he does play well. So I would definitely take uh, Smith over him. Bateman, I really love. Uh, I, I think he's a great player. And I know there's a lot of fear about Baltimore doesn't throw a lot because they don't. But I also think they haven't had the need to throw a lot because mm-hmm. they run the ball so well, but also who are their wide receivers? Facts. So I would still take Bateman. I I've taken Bateman um, in a rookie draft so far. I still think I'd lean him over Waddle. Um, but that might be, you know, if I had that opportunity 10 times, I might go five and five because I, you know, I'd be worried about where I want to go. So he's right in that end of round one, a uh, spot for me in super flex drafts for sure. Um, Cause yeah, true, you have the two a question too. True values too, though, baby Lamar Jackson, always up there and true throw value. Yep. Um, people, all they look at is, is, you know, the Ravens don't pass that much, but those passes are pretty damn valuable. Yep. And I think someone like Bateman getting the, the lion's share of those passes and those targets, um, you know, I think, I think we've been spoiled as fantasy people the past two years, especially for rookie wide receivers, just crushing it. Uh, I think this year is going to kind of bring a lot of people back down to earth. So, you know, drafting someone like Bateman or, or Waddle or Smith and realizing like, you're probably not, you're not getting a Justin Jefferson. Just don't expect it. Just be happy with, you know, 750 and a couple touchdowns and like build on it for next year. So I'm all in on Bateman. Amen, bro. I got I got to say that my last year I got burned because my basic philosophy for rookie rookies is don't draft them unless you're getting them at a super value now now rookie wide receivers i should say don't Mm -hmm. draft them unless you're getting a super value and if you do and even then they're probably going to be on the waiver wire like justin jefferson was on the waiver wire for me to pick up week two last year i don't think that's going to be the case this year right i don't think that's going to be because people are going to be expecting that so just Mm -hmm. you know buck that trend don't go after these rookie wide receivers um Oh, there and is... I guess I should say uh, really quickly. Uh, when I say late first round, I, I'm talking dynasty. Sorry, folks, if you're listening, I know this is a lot of redraft focus. Uh, yeah, fade fade these rookies and redraft. I'm when I say first round, I'm not saying an actual rookie like a redraft league. So don't no one no one get in the mentions. Come after me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the one thing that we've butted heads on in the past, uh, my man, is Devonta Freeman. Uh, maybe, but definitely the Patriots <laughs> versus the Jets. <laughs> yes. The Patriots versus the Jets is like was where we like to 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 have it out. Now, uh, you're the Patriots fan of the group, and we're the Jets fans of the group. So, um, you know, you obviously are have the the much bigger advantage in terms of arguing Jets versus <laughs> Patriots. But with that being said, both the Jets and Patriots are entering new eras: the Zach Wilson hmm. era, the Mac Jones era. Um, right now, Zach Wilson. It's funny because. You, you notice this trend during NF, NFL draft time where people like to talk about these quarterbacks right up until the point where you know where they're going. So, you know, no one really discussed Trevor Lawrence. No one re- like mm-hmm. I, I didn't I don't remember watching something like I went out of my way to go check some t- Trevor Lawrence tape. I don't remember anyone being like, this is what Trevor Lawrence does well and does bad. It was just kind of like Trevor Lawrence, number one pick. Let's get out of here. And then yep. it was all about Zach Wilson. It was like, blah, blah, blah. blah. And then the 49ers traded up. Then the Jets traded Darnold. And all of a sudden, everyone stopped talking about Zach Wilson. No one cares about Zach Wilson anymore. Now it's all about who it's going to be. Mac Jones, Trey Lance, who's better? Justin Fields. It's about these three guys. So now that everyone's drafted, it's completely switched off. Now, so Zach Wilson, the number two pick, is ranked the number four quarterback in the draft guide for the undroppables. And Mac mm-hmm. Jones is rated the number five quarterback. Now I get it. This is fantasy. Trevor Lawrence got to be the number one guy because he's that generational type talent. Then you got Lance and Fields who are both use their legs, which is super valuable. But if you uh, miss out on those guys, uh, let's start with Zach Wilson. Let's start with the Jets. What do you think Zach Wilson is looking at, not only in redraft, but you know for the foreseeable future? How do you like Zach Wilson as a prospect? 
Yeah, I think I think the uh, the thing with Wilson and it, it almost felt weird because you know going into the whole process, it was like Fields was the number two guy, and then all of a sudden those rumors kicked off like Zach Wilson to the Jets, and I was like, okay, he's not he's the pick number two, and that's what it is. Um, you know, looking at Wilson, I think I think the hard part is like how much is going to translate from BYU, and I get this is the exact same argument that you can make for Trey Lance of like one double A. Um, but you know, I, I know there's been some deep dives of when Wilson played better competition, his play went downhill drastically. Um, so, you know, how, how much is that going to translate to, uh, the NFL is going to be to be seen, but he put a lot of really great things on tape. Um, you know, he obviously has a very good arm. I think for, you know, I actually, I just took him 104 in a super flex, uh, rookie draft. So I'm kind of happy about that. Cause he's a stay one starter in, in redraft this year. I think I probably wouldn't draft him Yeah, to be honest. That's a smart um, decision. You just wait, wait and see what happens. Uh, I think he could be a really exciting player. I think what the jets have done, honestly, the past two years or so has been not jets like, because I think it's been good. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, they're, they're building their line. They're getting, you know, these offensive weapons to surround their quarterback with. Uh, I think they're, they've done a really good job of saying like, Hey, if we're going to do this, we got to do this. Right. So, um, his fantasy outlook, I think can be really bright. Uh, you know, it's all about, you know, the coaching staff and the players around him. And I think he's good at it. So, um, you know, redraft, I'd, I'd wait to see if he does anything, but as a, as a fantasy, as a dynasty player, uh, I think he shouldn't get past pick four in, in our super flex draft because he's he's starting from day one and he has a really good surrounding cast. Ooh, interesting. Hot, hot, hot sizzling. Um, I like <laughs> it. I like it. A, a lot underrated legs, uh, Zach yes. Wilson. Yeah. Scoop. He's, he's a, definitely a mobile guy. So he may, he's not going to be Lamar Jackson, but he can stretch the pocket and, and still make plays. I wouldn't call him a runner, but I'd say he's a scooter. He could scoot yeah. a little bit. Like he, he has like the little... Zoop, 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 zoop. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah. <laughs> with that being said, someone who's definitely not a runner or a scooter, um, Mac Jones. Uh, yeah. Uh, but he does have different type of intangibles, intangibles that uh, a certain Thomas Brady might have had in the past. Uh, intangible that a certain uh, Billiam w- Belichick, I, I know his name's not Billiam, uh, I know, uh, William Belichick might uh, have definitely appreciated. So how long do you think it is before Mac Jones takes over in New England for Cam Newton and... Uh, do you think that uh, Mr. McDaniels is up for the challenge of creating a system for a completely running centric quarterback and then in the middle of the season? Because I think a lot of people are just assuming it's going to be Cam and then it's going to be a bye week and then it's going to be Mac. And I think that although you can say that, you ha- then you are you are literally building two completely separate offenses. So. I, I think there's a chance Mac Jones doesn't even play this year, uh, personally. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to be best for the team, um, but I think that there's a chance that happens. How are you looking at this? Yeah, I you know, going into this whole thing, I was just like, if they get Mac Jones, I just please don't trade up for him. Uh, so the fact that he fell to 15, I'm, I'm really happy with because, I mean, if he sucks, who cares? Like, <laughs> yeah. we, we, we still have all of our picks next year, so it was good. Um, I, I don't think, you know, I, I people always are ready to fade coach speak, uh, but I don't think that's Belichick in this sense when he came out and said, like, this is Cam's job until Mac Jones is better. Um, there's no need for the Patriots to rush to Mac Jones. Um, so I, I'm actually with you. I don't think he plays this year unless something like Cam really, really sucks. Uh, if Cam is, is a serviceable quarterback and they're winning games, they're going to stick with him. I think the good thing for McDaniels is once Cam's gone, they can just essentially go back to the, the old offense of like two years ago. Um, Cause it's the same thing. He's, he's good in the pocket, right? He's mobile in the pocket and he can shift around and step up and feel pressure. Uh, but yeah, he's not getting on the edge and, and beating anyone. Um, but to, you know, to that point, he actually ran a ton of, he ran more RPOs than Tua. Um, you know, in the Alabama offense last year. So he, it's all about how you build that offense. And Mm -hmm. I think the, the Nick Saban connection is going to be really huge. I think that's why they drafted him because Saban told him, here's what he can do. Here's what he can't do. And I think Mac Jones has that edge. 
Uh, do you guys ever, do you hear the story about when he ran the scout team offense? No, no. So he was running the scout team offense in Alabama and he kept throwing touchdowns against their starting defense and Saban told him to stop it. He said, tell your defense to stop me. And so like, Ooh. that's kind of that fire. That is that Brady energy as well. I, I like that. I'm not going to lie. Like my like a little tingle, <laughs> little, little tingle. Yeah. You know, little yeah, tingle. me too. It fires me up. <laughs> Either way, whether it's Cam or uh, Cam or Mac Jones this year, I think I'm going to be another year of rostering zero Patriots. I, I think I we. No, I like the. I like in, dual tight ends, man. I like the dual tight ends. We're we're gonna, we're going to fight about this all summer. I think we went back and forth a little bit last year about Julian Edelman at one point yes. because I said he's someone I'm not drafting at all ever, and that ended up working out. Besides week two, where he had that monster year, I mean that monster week, but. I just you see a path to uh, stepping away from the rookies real quick, a path to any significant fantasy output on the Patriots this year. You think it's another just ugh the Patriots type season? I think I honestly I think it's a Cam Newton. Um, Yeah, I think that was a strategy last year, too. Like whenever you're in an offense where like there's too many people like go with the quarterback. Uh, I think Aguilar, everyone hated the signing, whatever. He's a better real life player than a fantasy player. Yeah. Uh, same with Bourne. Uh, the running back room is, especially now with Ramadre, is a mess. So yeah, I think it's if you want to attack the tight ends, you know, after Kelsey and Kittle, like and Waller, I I don't mind attacking them. But yeah, I think I feel the same way. I'm, I don't know how to get a read on this offense yet because Cam looked awful throwing the ball last year. So, uh, you know, expecting greatness out of those tight ends or anyone else's is a tall task. So in a weird way, yes, I think I'm going to be fading the Patriots offense for fantasy as well. I think Najee, okay, Harris, I'm gonna... Najee Harris is someone that I, that you have to pay attention to, especially if Sony, they're talking about Sony Michelle not even having a roster You mean, spot. geez, Louise, Tim, classic Tim, Damien Harris. <laughs> Damien Harris, Tim sorry, is talking about. sorry, Damien Harris. <laughs> I, I've been, I'm, in, I'm in draft mode and I'm, yeah. in, I'm in Tim mode. So that, that, I do want to... I actually wanted to ask you a rookie based question, are but you know, hold on. A, are you, are you cutting me off now? What, 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 what is this? Yeah. As, a, as a Jets fan, I wanted to hear the Patriots fan say, yes, fade the Patriots. So I had to get that in there. <laughs> no, but, no, no, you, listen, this, I'm a Patriots fan, but I have to try to be honest and, you know, give good advice to people. So, um, you know, I, I have to do that. I have to do that. Yeah, the, I mean, the I mean, Sony Michelle thing. I, I get the money is there to cut him. I just, and Bill will do whatever Bill wants. I don't know if I see the football side of it. Hmm. He's, in his, yeah. he's in the last year of his deal. They don't really need the money. And, you know, one of the hallmarks of New England is we spend the most amount of money as in the running back room as a whole because he loves the depth. So I know Ramadre now kind of makes Sony expendable, and it wouldn't surprise me. I just don't know if I get the football side of it. He was actually pretty like decent last year, him and Crowder. Damien Harris. Yeah, I don't see Crowder getting cut at all either. We actually, that was me on on Twitter, Yeah, I think. I don't know if I use my personal account or the Broto account, but yeah, I agree with you. I think it, it's the cut Crowder talk is just dumb. Like, he's not going anywhere unless it's in a trade, even though they drafted more because he's just a good football player, period. Yeah, and like, and I have I keep having that discussion with people. I'm like, you just drafted a rookie quarterback at two. Do I want the good football player on my team or do I want to cut him to save $10 million <laughs> when I don't need him? Right. Like, no, give yeah. your quarterback some. And so I don't know that that whole the whole offseason people have been talking about cutting Crowder. I just as a football sense, I just don't understand it. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, yeah. Let's talk about these running backs for a second uh, in yeah. this uh, that you have here. We had a conversation about Trey Sermon, um, mm -hmm. and I think that. One thing that is similar, like when you're talking about the 49ers, when you're talking about the Patriots, is that they have those crowded backfields, right? So you guys have Trey Sermon ranked as your number five running back, I believe. For some reason, my phone is is uh, is uh, stuck. I think we got him at four. 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 Okay, so four. High high praise for Trey yeah. Sermon. And not only did you have him at four, but now he goes to a situation where if he gets a starting job, you can basically bank him in for a top 24 running back and basically bank him in for a top 15 running back, really. So um, what made you so high on Trey Sermon? What made you and the team so high on Trey Sermon? So the the Sermon thing is something I'm still kind of coming around on. Um, you know, I think it's trying to balance out his entire resume versus those last like three games where he just exploded. Um, 
you know, I actually just had a tweet about this, I think yesterday, um, when I actually, I took Trey Sermon in a rookie draft and I kind of sold myself on it. Um, you know, I, I'm not expecting a lot this year at the end of the day, it's a extremely crowded room. And unless Mostert gets cut, which is another guy that like, I don't know why they would cut him. Uh, there's no clear path where there's just too many bodies. But if you're looking at someone as a late round flyer and redraft, I love it because he does. If he pops, it's your guaranteed RB2 every week with RB massive RB1 upside. Uh, and Dynasty, I think, you know, I like him as RB4 because Moser is a free agent after this year. Jeff Wilson's a free agent after this year. Uh, Wayne Gallman, who they signed, by the way, is a free agent after this year. So it's Jermichael Hasty, who, whatever. And then Elijah Mitchell. So I think, you know, if you're a dynasty player, you're investing in Trey Sermon now, but it's really for 2022. Just just to just to put it out there, the Brodo uh, player comps on the on the on the Brodo app, Jarius Norwood, Glenn Coffey, Mike Goodson, Joe McKnight, and Ben Tate. So definitely a uh, uphill climb for Trey Sermon. But if any of those guys could have been in the Kyle Shanahan offense then maybe a different story for their careers as well, uh, particularly Joe McKnight, uh, RIP. Um, but, uh, Michael, you have a question here? Yeah, um, I'd be remiss not to ask you, since you guys did such a deep dive on these rookies, like you said, you did all this work on uh, Tamarion Terry, and then that ended up being scrapped. Yeah. Is there a uh, like fourth to later round pick that you're keeping an eye on that you think has some real sleeper potential? Yeah, I think uh, looking, you know, sticking with the running back room, um, we'll go real deep and, you know, UDFA, Javine Hawkins to Atlanta. Mm. Uh, I mean, a beautiful landing spot. And you never want, you know, as a running back, you never you never want UDFA capital. You want around, you know, day two. But it's Mike Davis, Brian Hill, and I don't I, – I think maybe that's it. And. Yeah. Listen, if I can't remember you after Brian Hill, you're not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, you know, I think Javen Hawkins is, he's, I actually did his scouting report and there were some things that I liked and I wasn't sold on him overall, but I think he finds himself in a very advantageous spot just because of their, the, the competition is wide open. Um, and I think their coach even said, he's like, yeah, it's Mike Davis's job unless someone plays better. Uh, which kind of just like anyone can take it. So I think, you know, if you're, if you're looking for a really late round sleeper in your rookie drafts or in redraft in the fall, uh, Javion Hawkins is a really easy guy to target that can just have a bunch of touches fall into his lap. That's a, that's you know, a, real fan, quick, that's a um, fantastic answer. Brian Hill uh, isn't even on the Falcons anymore. Um, oh, it's Quadri Allison yeah. and oh, okay. company. So. Yeah, yeah. It's, even it's worse. Always, yes, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a that's a great answer. In fact, like while you were explaining it, I was uh, in my fantasy draft that I had no no rookie picks in my dynasty. I traded them all away. Um, I immediately went to see if he was a free agent because that sounds like a that sounds like a, a really good logical like Mike Davis mm-hmm. is not a hard, the hardest guy to beat out. Uh, no, no, no disrespect to Mike Davis. Um, and you'd rather like I know you said you'd rather have that day two draft capital, but. Yes, for sure, but a day three draft capital compared to a UDFA, it's almost as if a UDFA is preferable mm-hmm. at that point because yeah. the because the 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 hit rate on the, on those low drafted, particularly rounds five through seven, uh, the low hit rate on on them, especially in fantasy, is uh, is is large. Um, but yeah, but like we thank you so much, man, for talking about that. Now, before you go, I do I do want to talk about one more thing. Like we said before when we introduced you, one of the good guys out here in this uh, fantasy world that, like you said, can sometimes be dog eat dog and sometimes get unnecessarily personal and disrespectful. Um, <laughs> and a lot of the uh, conversation online in this community has been around mental health recently. Uh, something that you've been concentrating on, something that you actually just, um, uh, did a collaboration with, uh, Hayden Hurst's mom. Yep. Correct. Yep. Yes. Uh, and I don't know if anyone has ever told you this, you kind of look like Hayden Hurst. You got like, yeah, a, well, you got a Hayden Hursty kind of look. I feel like what, just cause it's the red hair. That's, that's messed up, man. <laughs> Is that, it does, does Hayden Hurst have red hair? I, I, I thought yeah. it was like blonde. 
Uh, well, uh, that, I don't know. You're <laughs> moving on from that. Um, so talk, tell us about uh, your work with uh, Mrs. Hurst and uh, your, your trying to get this mental health stuff off the ground. Yeah, man. So, you know, it's, it's actually something like it's great. Like you even said that you participated with in last uh, summer. It's uh, so it's a kind of a thing that we, you know, teachers from around the country group together to raise some money and, and pick a charity that helps students in need. Uh, so, yeah, last year we raised uh, $1.6,000 for No Kid Hungry and, you know, helping kids get meals where, you know, so many kids rely on schools to to have a steady source of food, which is kind of crazy to think about for for so many of us. Um, so that was our, our goal last year. And, and this year, the Hayden Hurst Foundation you know, raising mental health awareness was, was our choice. Um, so I was able to actually, yeah, have a 40 minute, 35 minute, 40 minute, uh, chat with her today. That'll, it'll be, you know, out on YouTube here in the near future. Um, but just going over, you know, their, their foundation, what have they learned? What have they gone through? How can we help? Uh, and we're going to be, you know, raising, uh, money to donate to that foundation here, uh, in the fall when we have our vol drafts. Uh, so, you know, the, the signups are live right now for the teacher charity foundation. Uh, I know, you know, we're still talking about what are some wrinkles that we can put in for scoring to make it fun and exciting. Uh, but it's open to everyone, you know, that you can come and play. And, you know, we ask that you do donate some money. It's not a mandatory thing. It's still trying to be fun and, and be, you know, a good cause, but, you know, anyone is open to play, but we're hoping that we can raise, uh, you know, uh, two grand or, or maybe even a little bit more to donate to that foundation. Because uh, it's something I even learned about beforehand. The Hayden Hurst Foundation is it's Hayden Hurst, his mom, and then uh, the the young lady that um, is kind of their social media person. It's like the three of them and that's it. Uh, so it's it's a very small, you know, group but they're doing a lot of really cool things so super excited to be paired with them this year and uh you know i i think it's going to be i think it's a really exciting thing to focus on and, and raise some money for the best part about living in 2021 is that you don't need to be a lot of people you don't need to be anything all you have to do is kind of have a microphone and an internet connection and you can make some a difference um, Dan out here making the difference. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at AWL Sabermetrics. Again, that's at AWL Sabermetrics. Where else could they find you, man? Uh, at uh, so at the teacher at Teacher Charity Attorney FF um, is kind of for that. But yeah, everywhere you can find me is at uh, AWL Sabermetrics and you know theundroppables.com. Um, our contract database page is there our rookie draft guides there and content throughout the year uh, for redraft dynasty DFS, you know, anything that you guys need. Um, but um, you know, we're, we're especially dynasty focused. So uh, you know, redraft always go with Brodo. Those are my guys. I pump, I pump you guys up all the time, even in our group chat. I'm like, yo, check this out. You know, these guys are my, these are my redraft guys. So I'm always pumping your tires as well. Thanks bro. We gotta, we gotta have you on uh, during the year. Um, and you could sing Sunday Night Football and MSG with us and watch yes. Tim as he gets Let's so go. angry. <laughs> yeah. This was yes. such a this was such a good interview until right now. <laughs> it's having so much fun. Listen, that's a classic. That's a Brodo classic. Man. Uh the artist, the fantasy artist known as Dan. Thank you very much. Uh at AWL Sabermetrics. Uh wonderful to talk to you, man. And um we'll be talking again shortly, I'm sure, uh, especially when the Jets take on the Patriots uh, this season. Fun, baby. <laughs> so with that being said, uh, take it easy. Thanks, guys. A lot Thanks, of fun. Man. Brodo X, the Undroppables collaboration. Out here. Uh, that was a good interview. Here. That was a good interview, man. Like, he's uh, yeah. That's our first time actually like talking. Like I, I've, I feel like Dan is like a, a really good co-worker. At this point, because we talked to him so much and he's in the same business and um, like we have conversations and they're all friendly. Like he's not one of those guys who if you disagree with him with a take, he's going to get like disrespectful and and like try and be witty and like <laughs> insult you on the low. Like, nah, he's going to like hit you with facts. We're going to like and so it's it's we've always had a really good 
um, relationship online, and uh, he, you know, he's been a fan from the beginning. So, uh, really awesome to have him on. Uh, really awesome to like actually have a conversation with him. And you know, he knows his stuff. He he brought the heat, um, and this uh, draft guide brings the heat. So, if you don't already. The Fantasy Football by Brodo app is available now everywhere you get your apps. And the Undroppables uh, draft guide, uh, rookie draft guide, excuse me, is there as well. Michael, where can they find you? At Brodo FF Mike. You could find Santiago at Brodo FS Casanova. You could find Jason at Brodo FF Jason. You can find me at Brodo FF Tim. See what we did there? Um, and then uh, also patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy to support the show. BrodoFantasy.com is the hub. And, of course, the app. We must have said app 600 times this this episode. We will continue to until you all download it. I'm telling you. Um, well, with that being said, hey, copper. Hey, copper. Download it hey, now. Hey, hey, copper. Look here, Shay. It's over now, Shay. I'm robbing you. Peace. Aye, aye, aye. Later. <laughs>